I don't know what it is about the pandemic. Everybody is riding bicycle now. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw your bicycle there. So yeah. a couple of guys were riding bike and they they invited me to come. I'm like, bro, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about that life <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. Hi, so this episode of Life on Purpose is actually a monologue. Um, and so heads up, it's just me talking uh, for the entire episode. And so I thought I'd do something this time where I highlight uh, one book that's really been impactful uh, to my life thus far. And I actually might take a season and just focus on these uh, on specific books. But the one book to focus on in this episode is the one thing, the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results by Gary Keller with Jay Papasan. Again, the title of the book is The One Thing. This is a number one Wall Street Journal bestseller. All right, so there's a Russian proverb that goes in this way. It says, if you chase two rabbits, you would likely catch neither one of them. Um, and, and that's really the premise behind the book. The one thing it's basically um, encouraging and inspiring you to live your life intentionally. Again, me connecting it to my why and to what this podcast is all about. But live your life intentionally with the focus on the one thing. What is that one thing that would get you to your success point? And the book is broken down into three parts. The first part talks about the lies, um, the things that we've heard that are not necessarily true. Um, and, and I think it's really a good uh, descriptor of our reality. And there are six lies. Uh, I'll get into that at some point. The second part talks about the truth. So basically, the things that are true about simply being productive, the path to productivity. Um, and then the third part talks about the extraordinary results. Basically, how do you unlock the possibilities within you to deliver? Um, and, and this is probably my, my favorite part, which then touches into, um, you know, you know how I love uh, using certain keywords or key phrases or letters and um, synchrony and structure. And in part three, he gets into purpose, priority, productivity, uh, and a couple other cool things. So, all right, what is the first part about? So the first part, it actually starts from chapter four and goes to chapter nine. Again, that is a focus on the six lies of success. But before we get into that, um, the author really just spends a little bit of time explaining in chapter one, um, the concept of the one thing. Um, he says here, it says, if time is the currency of achievement, why do some people produce more than others? Um, you know, and one of the things that I took away is do a few things well. Do fewer things with more effect rather than a lot of things with side effects. Say that again. Do a few things well. Do fewer things with more effect rather than a lot of things with side effects. So if you're doing a lot of things, yes, there might be some you know, output, but it's kind of like the phrase we say, you know, throwing everything in the kitchen sink to it. It's an attempt to try to get everything done, but then you really don't know what really stuck. So um, that's, that's kind of what chapter one is about. It sets the stage. And chapter two talks about the domino effect. That's the title. 
And then the domino effect, it's really just building the idea that if you stack up dominoes and you hit the first one, you could stack up as high as many as 6,000 dominoes and the first one will take you to the furthest domino. And the idea is that success is incremental. Success is built sequentially, aka over time. It's one thing at a time. Success is built sequentially, aka over time. It's one thing at a time. And then chapter three talks about success leaves clues. And basically what, what this is saying to you is that as you domino effect and you succeed in, in, in first domino, there is a clue that leads you to the second and then to the third and then to the fourth. And so you can't get to number six if you haven't done one, two, three, four, five. Get it? Incremental, sequential. And so he sets the stage with those first three chapters. All right. And then when you get into part one, like I said, which is the six lies of success. And now these things are all debatable. You can look at them and you could say, well, I don't know if that's ideal, but let's just go through them real quick. The first lie in chapter four is everything matters equally. And, and it's basically trying to say that nothing matters equally. He is saying here that it is a lie that everything matters equally. He is pointing out that there are things that are certainly more important. Um, that there are th certain things that will require more of you, and there are certain things that are obviously more important. And I agree with this. I agree that not everything matters equally. You have to find what is more important. And even when you look at the six Fs that I speak to, you know, my faith, my family, my fitness, my focus, my, my finances, my friends, for me, my faith is most important. And so, you know, even within that structure and buckets, faith is most important. All right, when you get to chapter five, which is basically the second lie, the author talks about multitasking. And, and I think it's important to pay a little close attention to this. What he's trying to say here is that the reality of multitasking is not really multitasking, more so it is changing channels from spot to spot. So when people say they are multitasking, they're actually just switching from spot to spot. You think of a computer and you say a computer is able to do certain, so many programs at the same time. Well, if you ask a scientist what's happening is that computer has different channels or different, um, using different terms, obviously, but a computer has different modems or different things that it can do to get that multitasking perspective done, but truly not one piece is functioning in multiple steps. Likewise, you as a human, you could drive your car while talking on the cell phone. The truth is you've probably just learned how to drive your car with a certain part of your brain that now has an automated feature to it to a certain point. And so talking is much of an immediate need than it is the automated part. And so multitasking is an illusion is what he says. And it, he talks about how in this day and age, there's this great desire to encourage people to be multitaskers and how job descriptions say they want multitaskers and people put it on their resume as I am a multitasker. And really what he's trying to say is multitasking is not success. It is not getting you to your point of delivery. You ought to focus on one thing at a time. Third lie is a disciplined life. Now, this one I debate. Um, and here he's saying that a disciplined life is a lie. Um, and, and one of the things that he talks about is discipline is the start, but habit is really the factor behind execution. 
So uh, you could, I agree with that. I agree that discipline is the start, but habit is really the factor behind execution. But to say that a disciplined life is a lie, um, I think it's just a play on words. But anyway, point being made here is that your habits are more important than the desire or the discipline that, that you want to implement on yourself. He talks about Michael Phelps and how he swam. Uh, he was in the pool for 365 days a year for well over 10 years in order for him to be the Olympic gold medalist, having as many medals as some nations just as an individual because he built a habit out of swimming every day. It wasn't the discipline. It was the discipline that started it, but it was the habit that built it. You know, So he talks about in some cases, you read that it takes 66 days to form a habit. Um, some people say it's 21. Uh, whatever the case may be, uh, Gary and Jay talk about habits being more important than discipline. Willpower is always on will call. So again, we're still talking about the lies. So the fourth lie is willpower is always on will call. And what he's saying here is that you can't have enough willpower to propel yourself to deliver. Like you cannot call on your willpower all the time. Your willpower is limited energy is what he's saying. And so it's not there anytime you want it. You can't say, oh, I'm going to have the willpower to wake up at 4.30 tomorrow morning. No, it's not It's not always there, especially if you have not replenished it. You can't just call on it and it will be readily available. It's not Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, so willpower is not uh, always on will call. The fifth lie is a balanced life. He says that a balanced life is a myth. And I personally struggle with this. Again, you know my, my theory about you know my faith, my fitness, my family, my focus, my friends, and my finances. Um, and, and for me, it's not necessarily balancing, but putting uh, things in certain buckets in order for efficiency and delivery. And so when, when I hear the phrase, a balanced life is a lie, I, I, I say be cautious about that. But what he's trying to say is that certain things will require more attention from you and of you at different points in life. For example, if you have a new baby, your attention as a mother would be on that baby. Your family becomes priority um, by definition of your child as your family um, in that moment. And so everything else kind of goes by the wayside. You think less maybe about finances initially up until you got to buy diapers or you think less about friends and some of that stuff. And so it's it's really a a, a way to think about it that yes, a balanced life uh, might be a lie, but really it's just pointing out that there are different phases in your life that certain things will be more important. All right, in chapter nine, he talks about the big is bad, big is bad, and this is the sixth lie. And what he's trying to say, it's a lie to think that going big is is a bad idea. Um, he basically talks uh, up to do not fear big success, chase big success, look for things that are bigger than you. People should not be scared of bigger dreams or bigger ideas. Uh, and basically he's saying that when people say big is bad, that is a lie. All right, so that's the end of part one. And then part two is where he focuses on the truth. And there are three chapters here, the focusing question, the success habit, and the path to great answers. So in the focusing questions, what he's saying is, ask yourself, 
the right questions several times to get to the right answer. You know you've heard this whole concept of five whys. Ask yourself why, 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 why. Ask yourself five whys to get to the answer. And so the focusing question kind of just takes you through this figuring out, you know, what is life about for me? Life is a question and how we live it is our answer is one of the things he shares as well. So try to figure out what the why, what's the one thing I can do so, so good so that everything else will be less important. That's kind of the, some of the questions you should ask yourself and then ask that over again, ask that over again. Okay. All right. In chapter 11, he talks about success habits. And then he says, ask yourself the focusing question every time as a habit for success. That's one of the takeaways. It says, what's the one thing that I can do in order that everything else is less important? What is the one thing I could do in order to make everything else much easier? What's the one thing I can do? And just keep asking yourself that. And he says a success habit comes from when you apply these intricate questions to your life. He also talked about leveraging reminders everywhere uh, to remind you of your one thing. If you want to put sticky notes in your car, put sticky notes in, you know, on your phone, take a picture of it and, and put it on your phone. I've done that. Um, those are different ways that could help you get to your uh, simple path to productivity. Okay. Chapter 12, he talks about the path to great answers. And again, focusing question leads you to your answer. Again, he keeps going back to the focusing question. And step one is asking a great question. And step two is finding the answer to that great question. And doing those two things are good habits in order to get to your success point. I say that again. Step one is asking a great question. Step two is finding the answer to your great question. So if you ask yourself the focusing questions, if you've built the habit, the success habit as he describes. So if you've asked yourself the focusing question in chapter 10, if you've built success habits as he describes in chapter 11, then the next point here is to um, get yourself to the point where you're getting the answers and it's the path to great answers that he focuses on in chapter 12. All right, now part three is where he talks about extraordinary results and it's unlocking the possibilities within you. And this is where you reach beyond what you think. And so in chapter 13, he, he touches on my favorite topic, purpose, and it's called live with purpose. And, and in, in here, he uses the example of Ebenezer Scrooge uh, in Charles Dickens's story. And, and he, he just uses that to point out to a man who got the opportunity to see that, you know, his personality was not necessarily the best. And then, and, it, and that was all in a dream. And then he flipped the script and then started being this intentional person about being nice to his employees and giving them days off and being more intentional about being nice. And so living with purpose is an extraordinary, is how you get extraordinary results is what Gary is trying to share with us here. Happiness on purpose is what we most want. We talked about that. He says, being happy is what we most want. And so being intentional about how we get there is equally important. Um, you know, and one of the things he talked about is sometimes we don't stop long enough to enjoy our hard work to be happy. And that could be the problem. And that, it, you know, many people work real hard and they're trying to figure out why they're not happy. Well, if you actually pause and give yourself a moment of, of reflection, you will be grateful and there will be gratitude in your heart for the success that you've achieved. So that's one of the things he touches on for extra, extraordinary results. And then he points that that joy, that happiness would help you to deliver and do much more. In chapter 14, he talks about live by priority. And again, that just connects you back to your one thing. 
what is your priority? What is most important? What is the one thing that I can do today in order that everything else does not matter? Purpose without priority is powerless. Look at that, those three Ps. Purpose without priority is powerless. It's basically being without power. Being specific, priority is singular, not plural, meaning one thing. Um, he used a lot of words to describe how priority has changed over the years. There should not be a descriptor of priorities, I-E-S, or whatever, Y-S. The reality is a priority is singular. So you should have one priority at a time, hence the one thing at a time. Most people would take, you know, he used this example, and I think it's important. Most people will take $100 today when they could get $200 next year. And the point he was trying to make is sometimes we are short-sighted. And as a result of being short-sighted, we do not execute long-term for our priorities. And if we know what our priority is, we will forego anything else temporary so we get to our goal. I love that analogy that he gave. In chapter 15, he talks about live for productivity, live for productivity. And so he asks at this point, what are some of the tools that you use for time management? What are some of the tools that you use for energy management? Your priority fuels your productivity. And so he says, connect that priority that you have to what you do to be productive. Productive actions transforms lives. Productive actions transform lives. One of the things he encouraged is making sure that you time block and time blocking is where you block time on your calendar to make sure that your priorities are cared for and there is nothing that derails you from delivering on that. So time blocking is one of the ways to live for productivity. And that is in chapter 15. And in chapter 16, he talks about the three commandments. Now, there are many ways to look at this, but here, here are the three commandments he's shared. The first one is follow the path of mastery. Um, and what you choose to master is important. Basically, he's saying put in the time. And you know um, of Malcolm Gladwell's concept of 10,000 hours for mastery. So he says follow the path of mastery is one of the three commitments that you ought to make. The second commitment is to move from E to P, move from E to P. And you ask yourself, what's E? E is entrepreneurial, basically way of doing things to um, get, you know, kind of just get results out of it. And then P is purpose. And so he's saying move from just getting things done to actually having a why uh, to what you're getting done. It allows you to think critically and it allows you to be more productive. And so the purpose approach to getting things done works through focus. Um, and so if you're focused on your one thing, you would deliver but I think it's important to uh, move from an E to a P where you go from entrepreneurial thinking to purposeful thinking. And then the last commitment is to live the accountability cycle. So basically find people who would help you be accountable. Find places that will help you be accountable. Find a coach, find a mentor, find someone who would hold you accountable to the things that you set out for yourself to deliver on. All right, in chapter 17, he talks about the four thieves of productivity, and they are inability to say no. He says many people can't say no. As a result, they become unproductive. Second is the fear of chaos, basically not being able to overlook things that would derail you from your goal. You got one goal. You're on your way to the, to the trash can, but every time you look to your left and right, there's something else that keeps drawing your attention. You never get to that trash can, just using that simple example. Point is, staying focused and getting rid of the fear of chaos 
is important. If not, your time will be stolen. Those, that's the second D. The third one is poor health habits. If your body is not healthy, you cannot wake up early to do the needful. You cannot mentally be prepared and ready to deliver. You cannot energize yourself to deliver on what you need to do. So your body is important. Your body is a temple of God. It's the vehicle in which you deliver on all your uh, tasks and purposes. And the last thief is an environment that does not support your goal, an environment that does not support your goal. And so if you're in an environment that's counterproductive to your goal, then it would be a thief to you. It will rob you from your purpose and from your execution and from your delivery. So be mindful of that. All right. In chapter 18, he talks about the journey. And, and, and what he's connecting to is for you to close your eyes and dream about your destination. But then you open your eyes and know that you can achieve that destination. But then you also enjoy the journey, understanding that extraordinary results require you to dream big, but to go small and to domino affect it and to enjoy every domino that falls in the process and to really connect with the process. Don't lose sight of where you're trying to, don't lose sight of, of what you're going through by keeping your eyes only on where you're trying to go. Keep your eye focused, but know that the small incremental steps take you there. Five years from now, you'd be more disappointed by the decisions you didn't make, is one of the things he said, than the decisions that you actually made. So push past your insecurities and, and try, to, try to get those things done that make you feel uncomfortable um, in the process of this journey. All right. I hope that I've been able to inspire you through this. I hope you took something out of it. Uh, again, the one thing is the book that I just reviewed. And uh, let me know what you think. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So in closing, I thought I would read the book cover or uh, the back of the, in, the inlet of the book to you guys. So it says, you want less. You want fewer distractions and less on your plate. The barrage of emails, texts, calls, and meetings keep you from your most important work. Simultaneous demands of work and family take a toll. What's the cost? Second-rate work, missed deadlines, smaller paychecks, and lots of stress. And you want more. You want more productivity from your work, more income for a better lifestyle. You want more satisfaction from life and more time for yourself, your family, and your friends. Now you can have both less and more. And the one thing you learn to cut through the clutter, achieve better results in less time, dial down the stress, overcome that overwhelming feeling, receive your energy, Stay on track and do what you need. The one thing delivers extraordinary results in every area of your life, your work, your personal, family, and spiritual. What is your one thing? Be blessed.